It's just after 5 o'clock, and this is This Week in Moab. I'm Molly Marcelli, your host for this evening. And we have two guests in the studio, and we're going to do a live mic check. So um, I'm hoping you can introduce yourselves to our listening audience. My name is Jessica Thacker. I am the program manager and the education and outreach coordinator for Canyonland Solid Waste Authority. All right. LJ, same question. LJ Blackburn. Um, I am the co-interim director at Solid Waste currently. All right, co-interim director. So Solid Waste has had some um, changes. Can you tell us about that? Jessica filled me in that there are two directors until you can hire a full-time. Is that right? That is correct. Mm -hmm. And what does that look like day to day? Um, It's kind of like (laughs) co-parenting. So um, you're checking in with each other quite a bit. Absolutely, yeah. We both have our strengths, and uh, I think we make a really good team, actually. So So. we're talking Canyonlands Waste Authority. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, what do you all do? We know that you pick up trash and recycling, but there's a lot more to it. Can you fill us in on the structure of the organization, what uh, staff spends their time on? Oh, my goodness. There's multiple things. (laughs) Right. Um, So not only do we pick up the trash and recycling, but we also run the recycling center, two of the landfills, the transfer station. Um, so we have uh, three customer service reps that are constantly manning the phones mm. um, and fielding questions and mm-hmm. directing them to, to right. where they can find the information that they're looking for, mm-hmm. um, sign people up for services, and so forth. And then we have um, a large management staff, actually. Um, we have our landfill manager, um, who also helps oversee the recycling center. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have supervisors at each facility as well. Mm-hmm. And then we have our uh, transfer station and dis- dispatch manager and supervisor there. Thank goodness we finally got Jessica back because <laughs> um, she's uh, like a huge, uh, plays a huge part in the role of the organization, which um, my goal for 2023 and forward is to really... Uh, expand our education and outreach okay. to the community. We're really happy to have her here <laughs> to do th- help us do that. All right. So Jessica, that's your role. Yes. And like LJ mentioned that you were with Solid Waste for a while, mm-hmm. then you left briefly, now you're back. Tell us about the projects that you've been working on, whether that's past or present. Um, so kind of like they're the co-parents. I'm the, the crazy... <laughs> cool aunt who swoops in and makes everything colorful. Um, so basically, um, when I was with the district previously, um, we had a couple of programs. They weren't super robust. You had your, your cash for cans. We had our vouch- or fall and spring voucher programs. Those were kind of like our main mm-hmm. outreach programs with a couple of like special events kind of here and there. Okay. But now that I've come back, I've kind of come back with some fresh eyes and obviously the new leadership, which has, you know, 180, um, some mm-hmm. approaches. So we wanted to go with a much more robust system and make these programs more, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, accessible. Mm. Um, you mm-hmm. want to have a wider range and, you know, you really want to expand beyond Moab because we manage all solid waste in Grand County. So that includes, you know, reaching out to Castle Valley. Mm-hmm. You've got a little bit of the San Juans, even though we don't really like right. work directly with them. They still bring a lot of their right. items to us. And then, of course, you know, you got to think about reaching those really hard to reach places like Cisco and mm-hmm. Thompson. and Thompson and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. So basically it's just creating a much more robust, colorful, attractive and accessible 
recycling, education, Mm -hmm. and sustainability projects. All right. Are you educating folks on recycling or is it more than that? My idea is to, I mean, we need to focus at our core Mm because recycling as it stands right now is already kind of like a somewhat convoluted um, discussion. Mm. And when you have two different types, cause we have the right. single stream and then we have the source separated. Mm-hmm. So you really just want to kind of clear up that confusion that's already happening. And mm-hmm. then once you kind of get like a really good basis on that, then you can start bringing in those other discussion options or um, objects, kind of like composting, mm-hmm. um, moving beyond recycling, reuse, upcycling, making things that, you would normally just kind of throw away in the trash or whatnot. Okay. So the Canyonlands Waste Authority wants to be part of those conversations. Of course. Absolutely. Okay. Why is that important to you, LJ? Well, recycling to me has always been important Mm -hmm. way before um, I took this position. But um, what's been fascinating to me is learning how dynamic it is and it changes all the time, which is Mm -hmm. where the education is really important because it's not as cut and dry as people think. Um, so I, I feel like all of that is really, really important to get out to the public so that they have a better understanding. Well, will you try your hand on me and, um, see (laughs) if you can explain to me, because you mentioned Jessica, how confusing it could be, Mm -hmm. um, because, um, you manage the recycling center and recycling pickup, which is different. So Mm -hmm. can you educate me real fast? So really cut and dry, um, recycling pickup is single stream. Mm -hmm. So that's a completely separate thing. A lot of people like the ease of access of being able to just put it into this bin and then have it picked up. So that's, that's, you get the pros and cons. You've got the ease, it's easier to dispose of. You feel Mm -hmm. better. You know, I didn't put this in the trash. I put it in the, in the single stream recycling. Whereas the community recycle center is that source separated. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a little bit more work because you're having to, of course, separate all these items. Mm -hmm. Not all the items that go into source separated are allowed, mm-hmm. or excuse me, mm-hmm. are allowed right mm-hmm. where they would be in single stream, mm-hmm. and um, but that provides a cleaner commodity when you're shipping it off to um, people who can reuse those products. So it's it's kind of like you know when you go through that list of pros and cons, you know you may only be able to do single stream because you you can't physically sure. source separate or you don't have the space. So it's kind of a what fits your life better. That's I'm a source separator. I have been since I moved down here. (laughs) (laughs) We should have like different teams here. I feel like that that is happening in the community sometimes. It it is. It is true. But, Uh you know, I I see the arguments on both sides, you know, the pros and cons of each one. Okay. Well, thank you for that educational rundown. Um, Thank you so much. But you two are, are mainly here to talk about the Moab Sustainability festival Mm -hmm. tell us about it um okay so this kind of became like a little idea that stuck in my brain and then kind of snowballed there are two major recycling holidays or um sustainability focus so you have earth day and then there's america recycles day which actually happens to be tomorrow oh okay okay so every year we try and do little special events to kind of mark those holidays um so normally we do cash for cans um during this particular holiday but I felt like that wasn't like I said robust enough Mm, mm -hmm. and I wanted to make it something a little bit bigger so me and LJ we started brainstorming like how we could make this something more fun for the community because yeah sticking your your aluminum cans in the the bins great and all but it doesn't it's not fun (laughs) 
it doesn't it doesn't really kind of encourage you to kind of come back and do it. Mm-hmm. So we came up with you know games and um, interactive art participation, kids crafts, and then LJ actually came up with the idea for the donation drive. And we reached out to CK Men and asked them, you know, what what is something that you sorely need? And mm-hmm. they told us they needed infant, toddler, and children's winter clothing. Wow. Okay. So tell us about the donation drive. Why did you want to incorporate that into this festival too? Well, I think it's a Sea Caven is a huge thing for the community, mm-hmm. um, and just wanted to really support that. And um, they've always been some, uh, a place where I like to go donate. So right. Okay. So they. So this is a donation drive. You're still doing cash for cans. Yes. Tell me about that. How do people participate in that part of the fest? It's really easy. Um, basically, all you do is you'll bring in your clean aluminum cans. We prefer them to not have any sort of liquids, rocks, dirts, that sort of thing. Um, but only aluminum cans because uh, our baler, um, the machine that's inside of the Community Recycle mm-hmm. Center, is built to handle the bailing of that particular type of material um unfortunately things like the takeout pans and aluminum foil Mm kind of gum up the machine Mm -hmm. and they're not as good a quality as the aluminum Mm -hmm. cans so basically just bring those in we'll put them on our scale and you get 30 cents for every pound and there's food i'm noticing yes um i actually hadn't even told lj this one of our board members actually called and said that she wanted to bake and donate goodies for that since um a lot of uh our food trucks are they're down for the season or they're closed for the season Uh or they're they're not willing to relocate because they've just already settled in. So mm-hmm. um, got that great idea that we'll just do a bake sale. Right. <laughs> okay, so bake sale too. And then finally, there's going to be a raffle and prizes. What's up with that? So the raffle, this is something I wanted to do a couple years ago, and it was actually really fun. So we bailed an entire thing of aluminum cans and then put a little thing on there. It says, guess how much I weigh. So um, that was actually really fun. Everybody was like, you know, you've got people mm-hmm. counting, trying to figure it out. I mean, obviously, you're not going to mm-hmm. be able to count an entire bale, but mm-hmm. it was actually a really fun participation mm-hmm. thing because people could look at a bale of cans and be like, wow, I didn't realize mm-hmm. it added up. And that's something that physically represents something that you're keeping out of a landfill. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, there's that education by the visual enhancement. Sure. Okay. Well, this sounds like a very diverse and fun event. This is the Moab Sustainability Fest, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Recycling Center. Now, going moving forward, you know, the festival is this Saturday. What else about the vision for Canyonland Solid Waste Authority with sustainability in general? You know, do you want to keep being part of the conversation and how? I'm going to lead that one over to LJ. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. We Uh definitely, absolutely want, we want this to be the first Mm -hmm. of many events where we um, kind of build on each other and progress um, to different uh, avenues and being able to do that education and outreach to the community. Yeah. Before you leave, I can't, I can't let you leave without um, asking about the WAG back (laughs) pilot program, (laughs) because this is, this was a big education and outreach program that was started this year. Can you update us on where that is and um, how it's being handled right now? Well, it was a a pilot project because um, we were seeing a lot of misdisposal Mm -hmm. of human waste and um, it was affecting our staff. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to definitely kind of um, make sure that 
our staff was protected. Um, so we kind of heard that there were some other people that were looking at the whole thing with the wag bags because of different changes in Grand County's regulations mm-hmm. um, uh, as far as how to dispose of human waste. So um, <clears throat> we decided to talk with um, several different entities and work together with them, and we came up with this project that we would have specific locations that we would advertise for people to drop off the wag bags so mm-hmm. that it would be um, more localized and then not just thrown in any garbage um, mm-hmm. and things like that, and mm-hmm. also try and raise awareness because some people were not even using wag bags at all. They were just use buckets and then mm-hmm. dump the buckets out into the containers, which isn't fun. <laughs> yeah, or safe, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that, um, and so this wag bag pilot program got off the ground is now a program, I think. Is it still going on? It's, um, we're not really seeing as much right now because okay. of obviously tourism is down. Um, we are going to, I mean, we haven't officially turned it into something new um, yet. We still need to like finalize a few things, but um, I think it is definitely something that we will move forward with. We have had um, one location that has reached out to us that they would like to have a container, um, and I'm sure that there are more. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, again, we have to look at staffing and who's going to be taking care of picking that up and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So, And you're really right. I mean, maybe that is a seasonal issue. Oh, it is. Yeah, we're on the not fun part of it, the, the data crunching and mm-hmm. finalizing data, seeing which uh, sites were more productive than others and how can we expand Mm -hmm. that um, and what's another avenue that we could reach that would be just as effective as it has been so far. Right. Well, we'll have to have you back up to talk about that. Thank you both so much for being here. Um, Would you like to mention anything else before we go? I would like to mention that if people can't come up on Saturday and they do have clothing that they would like to donate, Mm -hmm. they can bring it to the 2295 Highway Uh, address where Mm -hmm. the transfer station is our office there has a a donation box or up to the recycling center office so we we have two places people can bring the clothing to before saturday if they're not able to make the event great so people can bring their um infant toddler and children winter clothing to Mm -hmm. the transfer station um if they office office. Mm -hmm. excuse me the Mm -hmm. office yeah and before they um you know, if they can't make it on Saturday. Well, thank you two for being here. I really appreciate it. Um, We're going to go now to an interview that I did earlier today, actually, with um, Moab City's mayor, Joette Langanese, and the chair of the Site Futures Committee, um, Russ Van Koch. And they're talking about the future, the potential future of the Atlas Mill site. They're working on a 2023 community vision, and they want community input. Um, So I'm going to let them explain what that is all about. Um, This is a great opportunity for folks, if you have an opinion about the uranium mill site and its future, once the tailings pile is gone, this is the place to send that opinion. On Wednesday, there's an open house, and there's also a community survey um, that you can fill out. Um, So here's Joette and Russ speaking with me earlier today. And again, you are tuned into KZMU Moab Community Radio, and it's This Week in Moab. I'm Russ Von Koch, and I'm the chair um, of the Site Futures Committee. This will be the third time (laughs) doing it. We have five-year updates, so this is our third one. I'm Joette Langanese, the mayor of the city of Moab, and I've been involved with this project as a whole for over 20 years now. And um, in the past... 
four or five years, I was involved mainly lobbying Congress for the funding. Um, but now as the mayor, I'm getting a little bit more involved in the future of the site because we would, the city, of course, is very interested in, in what we do out there once the pile is gone. You know, you've been involved in this, in this particular issue for 20 years. I'm curious what got you started in it. You know, it's interesting. I got elected to the county commission, the county council, back in 2000. And the uh, group of folks before me were involved in, in trying to get the um, Department of Energy, well, was it Department of Energy, to to move the pile off the okay. banks of the Colorado River. It was the Department of Energy. They ended up taking over ownership. So when I got elected, uh, I offered to be a part of the process. And it just went from there and it's never stopped, <laughs> to be honest. So it's, uh, it's I'm very, I'm very um, supportive of this project and moving forward and getting it done. And to be honest, it's remarkable to me that we've gotten to this place and we are so close mm. to having the dirt moved that we are in this planning phase. It's, it's fantastic. I never thought it would be this fast. Yeah, we are very close to having the dirt moved. Rest, you said it's 81%, is that right? About 81% now, yes. Okay, and so what does that mean? You know, because I know that once the dirt is completely gone, it doesn't mean that it's ne- the DOE is necessarily done with it. They have some additional work after the tailings are fully removed, uh, additional remedial action work around the property, and also there will be a, a whole... A series of procedures that they have to go through for project closure and decommissioning of all their facilities that they have on site to do that remedial action work now. Now, this is um, how many acres are we talking? It's 480 acres, but that includes the hillside. A very large portion of it is in the riparian area in the 100-year floodplain, and then there's another big chunk that's of the property that that's utilized uh, for essential utilities and highway access, uh, power lines, uh, all those things that come in down to Moab. Okay. All right. So it's not just this blank piece of property. That's right. (laughs) Okay. There's other considerations. Planning and visioning work is starting, but it's something that began, I I guess, in 2013. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Tell us about that. In the end of 2012, oh. uh, and Joette was on the, the Moab Project Steering Committee at the time, and there was the need then, to, uh, in November, the end of the year, to uh, let, let's, let's have a committee established to start planning for the future use of the, of the tailings site. Right, and part of the reason for that is we were going back to Washington, Mary McGann and and Ronnie and myself and other county commissioners to lobby for the funding. And when we would go back there, they're like, well, why do you need it move so fast? And our argument was because we have plans and we want to see... We want to see that site used in an appropriate fashion that's going to complement our town. And so they're like, well, show us what those plans are. And so then... Russ at the time uh, was on the committee, and we invited him to to oversee the future site and decided that we needed to look at it every five years because as we get closer, things are changed, more more um, restrictions might be determined mm-hmm. and so forth. So right. the primary reason to get it started was to lobby for money. Right. Um, but now we're at the point where we now need to be prepared that 
we got the money, I guess is, is the, the best way to put it. It worked. And now we, now it's for real. Right. Related to that, you know, you said Moab City is interested. Grand County is interested. Can you imagine a future where this does, um, you know, either get annexed to the city or the county? That's what we're hoping for. Mm-hmm. And that's some other work that we've talked to the Future Site Committee and Russ about having that committee not only help with the outcome, the final outcome, but how the how part. Mm. I mean, right now we're developing what we'd like to see, but then we also have to have the conversation is how are we going to get there? How much how much funding are we going to need to implement some of these wonderful ideas that the community's coming up with? And um, who gets who ends up with it? Of course, the city and the county have the, the most buy-in because we've worked so hard on it. Right. But there is a process that's involved to get it to us. And so we need to start working on that now as well. Okay. Russ, did you want to say something? Oh, just that the county and the city years ago uh, cooperatively did planning for the North Moab area. And uh, it's considered a gateway Mm -hmm. to the community and the county. And the tailings, uh, the the former Atlas Mill site, is located in under that plan it's uh, it's a called it's a specially planned area so it requires its own plan by agreement of the camp, local government already mm, okay all right so that's already in in local yes. government okay yes. all right well that's interesting cool. yeah the other thing that's interesting i think yeah. is that when when the decision was made to move the pile and to start actually the constru- the construction because really what it is is a giant construction project right. removing dirt from one place to another was the county required the Department of Energy to put in for a conditional use permit, which is, you know, they didn't have to, Hmm. but to be good partners, they agreed to do that. So when you drive into the site, there's a sign, and our ordinance is on that sign that requires the Department of Energy to give us a report every year on what's happening, any changes, things that we need to be aware of. Hmm. And one of the things in that conditional use permit is that the property will be... um, taken back to what it originally to its natural state Mm. and so that's something that we also keep in mind as we plan is that we want it to look as much as like it did before as possible and some of that is dictated because it's in the floodplain Right. Well, you have some maps, Russ. Um, I know that listeners can't see it on the radio, but um, they can see it if they go to grandcountyconnects.com and search for the Atlas Mill Site 2023 future use. If they type in those search terms, they can find it. Tell us what um, the community vision plan was from 2018, because that's what you have before us. Okay. Uh, Just a little background, though. We started, we did the first uh, or initial community vision in 2013. Sure. And both the county and the city approved that document, but they included a requirement to update the community vision at five-year intervals. And that gives us the advantage to gauge community sentiment about what could mm-hmm. happen out at the site potentially, and also to add in new information as the remedial action project continues. Mm. So we did one in 2018 as our first update, and that is um, the document that we're asking people to look at and review uh, at our open house that's coming up. We'll probably talk about that a little later. And also, uh, you can see all the the documentation for that community vision from 2018 on Grand County Connects. Right. Yeah, what is in there currently? You know, have people want, do they want a park? (laughs) 
<laughs> do they want um, gathering spaces? It has a, a, a variety of facilities and uses that are visualized. And so before I talk about that, I want to make sure that it's, people under, do understand that this is still federal property and there's no guarantee that local government will ever gain control of it for com beneficial community purposes. Right. Um, but it has happened in other places. Uh, we just uh, last week went to Grand Junction as a group and toured their site. Um, Las Colonias, Las right? Colonias right. Park yeah. at the, on the former Climax Uranium mm -hmm. Mill Processing mm -hmm. site. So it, the big thing that happened in 2018 uh, is that there was new, new public sentiment that came out strongly that it, people wanted to see uses and facilities that would be used and benefit people who live here. Mm. and not have it exclusively uh, for uh, support tourism on itself. Sure. Sure. Like, so f to have local benefit, that was coming up right. in 2018. Right. So okay. and the ideas of, of how that is proposed in our 2018 uh, update, we have um, a large area that is being called tentatively um, Prospector Park, hmm. and that that was suggested by one of our members um, to kind of honor the history mm, of, of, mm -hmm. of all the people who worked at that site, from all the way from the original mining area on through down to the, the remedial action. So, and then uh, that that community park has an event center. It has it proposes different types of play areas for all ages. Mm. It has trails. Um, and it, it's on the same side, uh, this is, uh, over on the west side of, of Moab Canyon Wash, that there would be a, a transit center, mm -hmm. um, and that would serve transit both locally and regionally, possibly including, uh, places like getting into arches to help re relieve congestion at that facility. Mm -hmm. um, one of the signature things, I think, about the proposal is the trail system. There's a, a two-and-a-half-mile loop around the entire property um, between the highways, mm. and that could be for exercise, walking, right. all, um, events, all kinds of uses, and that it has direct connections uh, envisioned from the Moab Canyon bike path. Do it. I know that a lot of people will probably be thinking about housing. You know, housing's the big conversation, the big mm -hmm. topic right now. And I think we probably need to clarify that at this time, um, planning for housing on this piece of property is not uh, ideal because we just don't know how clean it's going to right. get. And also, you know, we are being told that people can't be there for a 24-hour period. So even though the site is going to be cleaned, it's not going to be extremely cleaned. So I, I'm probably not saying that the right way, Russ, but we need to we need to keep be mindful of right. that. Right. Um, for example, in, in Grand Junction at Las Colinas, they had to actually put 
a certain amount of dirt on top of the dirt. Right. Because mm-hmm. they have an amphitheater there and people sit in front of the amphitheater and listen to mm-hmm. music and they wanted to make sure that people were not sitting mm-hmm. on anything that could potentially be contaminated. Right. So um, even though the site's going to be cleaned up, it's mm-hmm. not going to be as clean as just bare dirt on the ground somewhere else. So there are certain limitations going into the visioning process. Correct. Like you mentioned, Russ, there is an open house coming up this Wednesday, and that's an opportunity for people to come see the old plans or talk to the committee, or what what can people expect on Wednesday? It's going to be at Moab City Hall in the council chambers from 6 to 8 p.m., and um, we'll have workstations. People can come in and look at our maps, Mm -hmm. uh, look at our report, uh, from 2018, and um, we'll just just have some conversation, learn more. They can, people who attend can learn more about what's been proposed, and then uh, we we would like people to fill out uh, a comment sheet mm-hmm. that ex- it's designed to um, facilitate the expression of preferences for potential future use of the site. And this will be the 2023, I guess, community yes, vision. Yes, that's correct. Okay. That's correct. All right. And this is this one is kind of exciting because, as you mentioned, you know, the pile is getting smaller. <laughs> will this be the last vision project or no? Okay. No. Well, it may be. I mean, yeah. I doubt it because right. once we've, once it is to the point, you know, the DOE has been very cautious um, about uh-huh. their timeline, but, you know, things can change even between now and five years as we noticed since we started working on this. So, sure. so we'd like to think this is the last one, but I have a feeling that once we get yeah. to that place where we actually can look at implementing who's mm-hmm. going to have ownership, we'll probably mm-hmm. want to do another another relook at what's really feasible and, and sure. what we really can accomplish. Yeah, and just the the timeline, uh, we learned, um, you know, really directly appreciate this from our Grand Junction visit last week, and that's mm-hmm. that... It, it does take some time for an actual property transfer to happen. If it, if if it if it's if it looks like it's going to ha- go through, just the mechanism of going through all the steps can mm-hmm. take some time itself. So I I think there's certainly room for probably you know for another, for another update, and we'll just keep learning more as right. we go through it and trying to keep a, a track of what's what the community members would like to see and what's physically and you know possible to do mm-hmm. out at this site. Right. And having, you know, doing this every five years, I imagine you can you can go back through the data and, you know, people's comments to see what was consistent this whole time or what Mm -hmm. changed, which could be helpful for the eventual, you know, potential transfer of property Um, related to the Grand Junction site visit. You know, did you find anything that was helpful there about, you know, making that happen? Because I know that was a long process for the Grand Junction community, too. It was uh, it was very productive meeting. It was great to meet with the Grand Junction city staff. I think for me, what I came away from was this is going to be expensive. Uh, Whatever it is we decide to do is going to cost money. And they Uh gave us some great tips of where they found the funding Mm. to do it. Mm -hmm. Perhaps uh, the city goes into, you know, does a redevelopment uh, of the property. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of grant opportunities. I know our state is really involved in providing grants for recreational programs and and facilities of that nature. Mm -hmm. So that was really helpful in terms of transferring the property. It was... It wasn't very clear. I mean, because there, there's a yeah. couple of options. You know, one is for us to go directly through uh, Congress and have Congress write a bill and do legislation. And, and we're already talking to our 
a federal delegation about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other is basically, from my understanding, is a surplus property process. Mm. So if there's other federal agencies that are interested in the property, they get first dibs. Oh, sure. uh, and, and then it goes down the line to finally the last is the local government. So, you know, if we go that route, it's probably going to take a while. And if we go the congressional route, it's going to take a while. So, <laughs> okay. you know, um, we're still in the process of yeah. learning how that works. And in the meantime, we yeah. do know we have the opportunity for congressional legislation. And so we'll be working with our federal delegation on that, um, you know, just in case. I mean, that might right. be end up being the easiest way to do it. So we'll, we do know that we would like that piece of property to remain in local hands. Even though that there are still so many questions, in your opinion, you know, why is it so important to have community input still throughout the process? Go ahead. Be- because, <laughs> because as we learned from 2013 to 2018, things change. Things change. Yeah. And what, what members of the community think it would be appropriate at a site like that. And, mm-hmm. it, and that uh, is influenced by all of the things that are happening here in Moab and Grand County. Right. Right. The other thing is, this is the gateway to our town. Mm -hmm. And we want our community to look back on this and say, I was a part of that, you know, and so that they can, you know, they'll be able to see the Colorado River now when you come down Moab Canyon. Wow. Uh, And we so we want to make sure whatever ends up there is something that our community can be proud of. And they can say we were a part of that. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. another reason to yeah. continue to involve. Yeah. And I, I'd, I'd like people to, when they look at uh, what we've proposed in 2018, to also understand that, um, as Joe had said, that there, there are some expensive things that having an event sim- center, uh, an outdoor theater that's similar to what Grand Junction has mm-hmm. now, that's expensive to build at that scale. But at the same time, uh, it doesn't have to be initially built at that scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, a facility mm-hmm. such as the city of Moab has now uh, with an outdoor bandstand in Swanee Park or the, even the mm-hmm. small one out mm-hmm. at Old City Park right. and, and grass seating where people bring their chairs. You can have uh, some nice events, the city ballpark for the for the folk festival, mm-hmm. uh, it, you don't have to spend a huge amount of money to get a similar benefit from from the facilities. Right. So that's that's something to, to keep in mind, I think. Right, and also yeah. one of the things we need to do, and we're working with the Department of Energy on, is looking at what infrastructures there that we can use to our advantage mm-hmm. uh, that would be beneficial for whatever we end up with out there. For mm-hmm. example electricity, you know, water and sewer, which there isn't any, um, mm. vegetation. There are some trails already that they've developed that we could implement mm-hmm. easily. Right. They're doing a lot of uh, revegetation out there that is just, if you go out to the site or you can look at it, it's just gorgeous what they've done. So there's a lot of things that we'd like to keep and we need to kind of do an inventory of what's feasible for to remain on the site and what we don't want because they'll clean it all up unless we tell them not to. Again, you know, you can provide input, anyone out there listening, on Wednesday. Um, remind us the, the hours and the place again, Russ. It's at uh, Moab City Hall at the City Council Chambers from 6 to 8 p.m. on Wednesday the 16th this week. And so people can come and learn directly from the Site Futures Committee members. Uh, and uh, it also, uh, on going to Grand County Connects, 
read about all the, all the background information, the documents we've produced over the years, and fill out our our preference survey mm-hmm. to provide their their input, and that can just be right directly on Grand Canyon Connects. Yeah. And the deadline on that, I think, is in January, right? January 31st okay. is the comment deadline. Okay, so people can submit comments this winter if they're thinking about it. Exactly. <laughs> right, and please don't think that your comments on social media are going to be taken yep. offline and put in. You need to go yes. to the survey or come and visit us on Wednesday. Anything else to mention about this process before we go? Other than more to come. It's, you okay. know, this has been a long process. It's not over yet. And I also want to just thank Russ for all the work that he's doing to help support the county and the city on this this important endeavor. And mm-hmm. he's just been great. He's been involved in the planning of the site for a long time, and we really appreciate that. Thank you. That's uh, Mayor Joette Langanese and Russ Bound Coke from the Site Futures Committee that is helping um, do some vision work for potential future uses of the Atlas Mill Site property. You've been tuned into This Week in Moab. I'm Molly Marcello. And thank you so much for um, tuning into your community radio station, KZMU.